Hello everyone and welcome to episode 36 of the Talking Fitball podcast with me, Derek Clark. Thank you very much for your company. Every week I bring you an exclusive in-depth interview with some of the most colourful and interesting characters in the game. This week I had the pleasure of chatting to the much-loved and travelled striker Christian Nadi. As always, Christian is tales aplenty. From bursting on the scene in France with Troyes, he reveals he turned down AC Milan as a youngster before his foray into British football, where he became a fan's favourite at Sheffield United and starred for a host of clubs north of the border, where he still resides and turns out for Annan Athletic. Christian also opens up on his suicide attempt back in 2014. It's a real proper interview, packed full of honesty and laughter as well. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode of the Talking Fitball Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Talking Fitball Podcast. I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line this week by much-loved and travelled striker Christian Nadi. Christian, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome, it's my pleasure. Um, Great career in the game, Christian. Obviously still playing, of course, as well. But if we take it all the way back when you were born, 1984, growing up in a, a small suburb in, in, in Paris, what, were you always playing football as a, a young boy? Yeah, 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 I always played football. I started very young. My my dad was my coach. Uh, he was coaching a team where I was living and uh, I think at three or four years old, I was already playing for a team. And were you always, uh, did you always want to be a striker, a, a centre-forward, or did you play other positions? I was. Um, I started as a playmaker. Wow. I was a playmaker or behind the striker. I've never been like the main striker. Uh, I think one of the first time I played as a main striker when I came to Scotland. Yeah, and uh, did you have a favourite team or any sort of heroes that you you liked growing up? Well, when I was young, I was um, I, I used to love uh, Ajax Amsterdam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, my French team was Olympic Marseille. Olympic Marseille, yeah, there was some side back back then as well in the nineties, weren't they? When they were European champions, they had some some great players playing for them back then. Yeah, Basil Bolli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were fantastic. Um, but you, so you were always playing for boys' club. You said you were playing since you were, what, three years old for, for different boys' clubs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad put me in football straight away. He said, like, um, I want, he wanted me to be a football player as well. He, he was coach when he was in Africa before. He used to play also at his level. Mm. And he wanted it to be, a, to be a, a footballer as well. So he put me straight in. Fantastic. So you must have been proud when you eventually made it. You must have thought that you had something special that you could make a career in football. Well, I've, I've been lucky to always be um, like the youngest player uh, where I was playing. So I was always playing with the age above mine. Um, I was, well, I would say gifted <laughs> when I was young. Yeah. So it's uh, much easier for me to, to play. It was easy. Yeah, and Manoni is a, a really tough and physical uh, striker, Christian. Did you always have that physique, or was that something that you developed uh, later on in your going through your career? No, I had to develop this. I was actually I was very small and skinny. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was very small and skinny, and my dad always laughed at me, not bullying, but laugh at me because every time someone would touch me, I would be on the ground. <laughs> and um, one summer, I said that's enough, and I start. I was in what fourteen, and I started to go to the gym. Not. Like I buying stuff, I bought stuff from Decathlon actually, and I started to 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 stay home for like a month and just work out on my body, and never I never went down again. 
<laughs> one bullying players after that. <laughs> and then um, you joined. Was it? Is it? Is it Trois? Is that? Is that? Is that correct? Did you joined him as a as a young as a fifteen year old. Yeah, Trois. Yeah. And yeah. how did did they just scout you when you were playing for the your junior your junior clubs? No, what happened is my big brother was playing for them already. Uh, Trois was a big club uh, in France for the yeah. formation uh, for the academy. So uh, yeah, he said there were like a, a trial, and uh, I was already meant to sign for a team called Nancy, uh, yeah. which scouted me. And uh, but there were so many players, and my brother said you should come on trial. And I went there on trial, and after I think two hours, they said they want me to to join the team. Wow! And that's, that was the beginning. Yeah, your dad, your dad must have been proud then when you when you when you signed that that contract. He was, I think he was proud, but he never told me. He mm. always told me that the first thing is to get in somewhere. So once you sign a contract, that, that was hardest. And now you need to, to keep the contract. So he, says, he always told me that when you, you, you start something, it's the beginning and the end the most important. Yeah. Obviously, the middle is not the be- it's not is important, but not as the end, at the beginning and the end. That's when you, you earn a contract or lose one. Yeah, definitely. And can you remember your, your debut at uh, when you made when you made your 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 first appearance as a professional player? <laughs> yes, actually, I've got a story about this. Uh, <laughs> I was um, so I, I was playing for the third team in France because of my age, and um, and the coach said that every striker was injured and said, "Christian, I'm gonna give you a chance with the first team." So I went, and we were playing in Bastia, which Bastia at the time was a kind of team where you cannot win. There, uh, Bastia is a small island in France, where it's it's kind of weird. At the time, mm. no team could go there and win a game. It wasn't possible. Yeah. And first game, I was with another player. I went there, and uh, one police officer came to us and said, "Oh, are you playing today?" And we were so excited. It was the first time with uh, with the first team. We only trained once once with them, and we say, "Oh, we hope, we hope." He said, "Well, uh, no, you're not playing." And we started to laugh. We saw he was joking. And he said, uh, we need to win today. You're not winning. And we keep laughing. He said, I'm not, jo- I'm not playing with you. If you win, you don't go home. So stop laughing. And we are, so all the players was on the, on the pitch. And we started to hear like a big bomb, ex- like a big boom exploded. And we checked. They put an artisanal, artisanal bomb, uh, like a handmade bomb, in our dressing room. Wow. Dearie me. Yeah. For <laughs> scare us. <laughs> and we were like, Oh my God! So the first game, I was on the bench, and um, like their fans were like shouting at us, cr- and, like actually getting mental. It was scary. Oof. I never, been, I never been scared as he's on the pitch. And uh, the coach, I remember, was warming up on the other side of the pitch, and the coach said, "Christian, you have to come in." And I'm like, "No." Well, from far, he said, "Come, come." And I'm like, "No, no, I don't want to come." <laughs> I was making <laughs> sign, "No, no," because I had to go in front of their fans. And I was like, oh, no, no. And I passed it. And they started to throw me like phones and batteries and, and all the stuff on me. And I went in and I think after five minutes, I had a big argument with one player. And he slapped me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great game. We drew 1-1. Um, and that's that's experience I will never forget. It was amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But did you move down to uh, Troyes at the time? Were you living on your own or were you living uh, b- with other teammates? No, no, I was living on my own. So what happened at uh, the age of 16, uh, I took my own flat. 
and I was living on my own. Wow, that's that's that, that, that's for such a, a young boy. That's a um, a big culture change. Did 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 you enjoy that? Did you did you sort of grow up quite quickly? Yeah, you know, you had to to grow up quickly when you you are in this kind of um, of 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 what I don't know how to say kind of environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say I love my, I left my family when I was eleven. Uh, moved to a pre-academy it means then you go all week and come back only the weekend then I moved to uh, to a shift not to um, no actually it was 17 I moved to Troyes and I was living with my big brother yeah. for a year then I went to the academy stay one year and then at 17 I decided to take my flat so yeah 17 I decided to take my flat and then obviously you know you need to know how to cook and, and eat well and yeah. <laughs> then I've been told from the youngest age so I was fine Excellent stuff. Now, of course, we remember that you um, you joined Sheffield United uh, at the age of twenty one in two thousand and six. But how did that that move come about? Did they send scouts to you, and did did you always want to play in England? No, no, no. It was it's, it's, once again it's a long story. My my, <laughs> my career is 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 full of long stories. So <laughs> my last contract, a shift, a choice. They offered me a good contract, a big contract, and. I declined because I had a um, good offer from Troyes and Marseille, and I wow. Marseille, ESG, Bordeaux. Oof. Uh, I had like big, big, uh, I had a, a player playing for Bordeaux and play for Rangers after that. Um, and they said they wanted me to be like his, uh, his substitute. And I said to, to Troyes, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to play for you. I'm leaving. And two days after, actually, uh, Bazi, Roger Boli, the Bazi Yeah, Boli, Basil's Boli, brother, yes. Yes, he phoned me and said, uh, because he's the one who found those club, he told me, he's in, no club wants me anymore. And I'm like, whoa, why? And he said, uh, Troyes phoned them and told them stuff about me. And I was like, so I went back to Hart, to Troyes, and I told them then I would like to um, to sign the contract. <laughs> and they said, <laughs> no, we're not going to sign your contract. We will sign you when you come back from preseason. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I, kept, I went home and I started to work out, like to try to stay fit. And I get a phone call from an agent saying, there's an English club who want to sign me. Would I be okay to go there? And I said, uh, ah, okay, uh, just leave me alone. And he phoned me back and said, no, 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 I'm serious. I read uh, uh, English club want to sign you. I said, okay, what division? He said, Premier League. I said, okay, this guy is funny. And he <laughs> told me, said, tell me the club, please. He said, I can't tell you the club. And I'm like, nah, he's, he's joking. He said, okay, in one week I will phone you and I will give you more information. And I told my mom and my mom said, no, you need to believe. You need to believe. And I said, yeah, but we, we know that. And um, we know how people talk. And one week after it was on on the Monday, he told me I need to go on Tuesday in, uh, at uh, Roissy Charles de Gaulle and my ticket is waiting for me. And I asked where I'm going. He said, I will come pick you up in Leeds. I think it was Leeds. And I said, okay. So I flew to Leeds, I arrived at the airport, it wasn't there. I waited two hours at the airport. No, I couldn't speak any word of English. Wow. I didn't know anybody. It was uh, dark, cold, and I was outside because I didn't want to be inside because I was scared of someone talking to me and I wouldn't <laughs> know what to say. He finally showed up. Uh, so we went to, to Sheffield at the airport, um, to the hotel. And he said, "Okay, tomorrow we go to uh, to um, to see the coach." And I said, "It's fine." So we went to the office to the to the office, and the coach told me, "Hi, Christian. Uh, we've been like uh, 
following you for a while. We like you. We would like you to sign. Here's your contract. Are you happy with that? I was okay. Let me sign. <laughs> Signed. Uh, went to the um, medical and flew back home on the same day. Wednesday evening, I was home. Wow. Just like that? <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> you mentioned that, that, that some of the French clubs that were interested in you. Did, um, did you come close to maybe joining the, the likes of Marseille, PSG and, and Bordeaux? Did, did you say Rangers Rangers were interested as well? Is that right? No, no, no. I was meant to um, to play for Bordeaux. And I forgot the name of the player. He used to play for Rangers. He's a striker. Uh, Darcheville. Darcheville. Oh, what a player he was. Yeah, Jean-Claude Darcheville. Yeah, and they wanted me to be a substitute of Darcheville because he was meant to leave Bordeaux. Ah, yes. To, to be like, Shamak would have been the top striker and I would be uh, behind him. Mm. Um, that's, that was the plan. So that's the team who wanted me the most. But when I was young, uh, AC Milan uh, was Maldini. Yeah. Uh, he came to my house. Wow. Uh, yeah, to, to sign me. And uh, we say, uh, but he wanted me free. And I said, okay, I will sign you. I will sign with you. And uh, Troy's put me so, on so much pressure and and I broke and I signed for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you sometimes think, oh, if you signed for Milan, if, if your career might, might have been different? Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, I blame my mom for that. <laughs> 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 I really didn't want to sign for Hearts at the time. And my mom told me, you know what, Christian, you should sign for them. Uh, you know, they, they've been nice to you. They, they teach you many, they taught you many things. They've always been there for you. You, you deserve to give them back something. Uh, I said, oh, mom, come on. That's Milan. She said, no, 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 you need to be fair. And, and then I signed. <laughs> and I think that when I signed, the first week and I signed, it was the worst week of my life. Because <laughs> I've made them wait for so long. Oh, la, la. I've done stuff that I've never done before. I was... Before before I signed, when the player was meant to run, the coach would come to me and say, "Oh no, Christian, you don't need to run. Just go home, have a relax, have a chill." Uh, you know, as a young boy, you need to collect the boots, you need to collect the balls, and and do all those things. And it would be, "No, no, no, Christian, you don't need to do that. Just go home, just go home." And as soon as I signed, whew, I had to collect every balls, clean every boots, clean the balls, do everything. <laughs> Dear me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so you joined, of course, Sheffield United at, at the time. Um, you didn't know much English. Did did, did you struggle to, to adapt to the the language, or did you get lessons every week? Oh, it was it was uh, difficult. Honestly, um, I've been lucky, and I moved. Uh, I moved there with uh, one of my best friends, and he was working in a bar. He also couldn't speak English. So, what we've done, we said, every word you learn at at, at work bring it home and I would do the same in training and then we try to, to speak English together when we when uh, when we were back home. Also I was watching movie with the subtitles, trying to learn, watching um, I was when I was playing I would take the the paper and just read the paper because I knew what happened to the game so I would roughly knew what was happening on the paper, what they were saying. Also I had a, a teacher for two weeks but I just gave up because you know after training you're tired and someone come and try to teach your language, all you think about is to sleep. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was difficult. Yeah, and of course, the manager at Sheffield United at the time, Neil Warnock, he's, he's quite a character, isn't he? What's your memories of him? Uh, I, I love the guy. I, I don't think it's possible. someone doesn't love him. He's, yeah. he's amazing. Um, he's the kind of guy, you know, you you will come in the, uh, after a game. You know, we, we've got like a, a thing in France when you lose a game, we come back home. Nobody speaking in a, in a in a bus. 
nobody will speak. So everybody's scared to speak anyway. Nobody mm. will say no words. He'll be the one making atmosphere on the, on, on the bus. Like the first time I remember we played, I think Tottenham, I don't know, we lost and we're on the way back. And he's the one said, stop the bus. I get pizza for everyone. And everybody's <laughs> like screaming and stuff. And I'm like, we just lost. What's happening here? <laughs> It was amazing. He will come say, "Oh, Christian, what are you doing tonight?" So I just go home. Say, "Oh, come with me. Come chill with me. Come, let's hang out together and stuff." Wow. Like, what kind of coach this is? Amazing <laughs> for me until now, actually. Yeah, he, he was. He was absolutely. He's absolutely fantastic. And um, I guess his team talks. I mean, some of his team talks are quite legendary. Did you did you did you enjoy sitting in the dressing room when he was giving a team talk? <laughs> the thing is. Um, I couldn't understand many st- what he was saying. <laughs> All I know is there were a lot of F words. There were a lot of talking, There were a lot of spitting when he was talking. Um, I was with a player called David Somay at the time, were like telling me roughly what he was saying. But like, what I love about the man is he wasn't the best tactically or anything, but the way he would give you, like, he would fire you up to go on, on the pitch. I never felt something like this before. And through my career, nobody like managed to, um, I don't know, f- put like a fire on my back to to go on the pitch and like you forget everything you got around you on the pitch. You just want to fight. And that's something that he could bring to to every team, every club he's been, every player he's been. That's always the same things. And I hear it's not the best tactically or technically, but he fire you up. And as, as soon as you're on the pitch, you just want to fight for the guy. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what was it? Did you notice a big difference to uh, British football compared to what you were used to in in France? Did it did it take you time to adjust, or did you enjoy the uh, the different style? Uh, no, actually, it, it, it was diff- It was more. It was harder from English to Scottish football. That was definitely harder from French to uh, to English football. The only thing it was much much faster. Yeah. Much much faster, which was I was um, struggling a little bit, but I was I was young, I was quite fast, so I, I managed to adapt. And the difference between the Scottish and the and the the, Brit, the English and the Scottish football is here is is much stronger. Yeah, it's much stronger. There is no. It's like sometimes as sometimes when you watch game, you think oh they've got time to recover, or they've got like no 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 no. When you're on the pitch, I remember the first things and um, even. Um, Lin Murdoch told me, he told me, when you're on the pitch, when you're a forward player, as soon as you got the ball, try to come to three and you will see there's straight away a defender on your back. And I noticed that every time you've got the ball as a striker, you come to three and boom, you've got a player. If you manage to dribble him, there's another one, um, another defender coming straight away. And that was the beauty of Thierry Henry. He managed to find the space to avoid those three sec- to be able to be free for those three seconds. And there's no many players who managed to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Thierry Henry, Christian. Of course, he played for for Arsenal, and you had a famous win against Arsenal. Of course, and you managed to score the the winning goal. That was that was a crazy game. Talk us through that. Is that is that a career highlight for you? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, <laughs> oh la la, I shouldn't even <laughs> I shouldn't say what what happened, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, go for it. <laughs> so before the game, uh, I saw I wasn't playing. It's like you've done stuff in, in in training, but I never saw I would be playing. So before the game, I went to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I, know that I could see the fans walking towards the stadium, and I went to McDonald's. 
And uh, when he gave, he gave like his team talk and everything, I was starting and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, I'm not going to be able to play. And as soon as I was on the pitch, I forgot who I was playing. It's, and then I, feel very, I, I felt very, very comfortable. Actually, this game, I scored two goals. Um, one was say offside, which I don't think I was, but gave offside. And um, and yeah, and, uh, this famous goal, then I managed to score. But everybody was very, very high at the game when when Jagelka went to the the goal as well. It was yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, playing at Bramall Lane, did you enjoy playing in front of the, the Sheffield United fans at, at that ground? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because to be honest, before I went to uh, to Sheffield, I never heard about Sheffield. And um, when I went, I remember the first game was against Liverpool, and and we went to the went through the tunnel and went on the pitch. We warmed up, and there were no many people on the on the on the on the on the, on the, on the, on the stand. And I was like, "Why is weird? There's no many people." And I asked this to David Somay. I said, "Why is there no many people?" He said, "Just wait, be patient." And went to a dressing room, and on the way back, they started to sing a song. I was in a, on a tunnel, and I could hear the song. Like the blade song, and I'm like, wow! <laughs> and I went, and I was a wee boy. I was 21, 22. I don't know. And I passed. There was Steven Gerrard next to me, wow. Alonso, and all those players. And I usually watch on TV. And I was, I, I tried to pretend like I was the big guy, but I, I, I was so tiny next to them. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, it's like once again, that's one of the memories I will never forget. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a low point, I guess, for, for Sheffield United was that um, last day of the season against Wigan when you, you were relegated and you subbed at, at half time as well. Was that a, a disappointment for you and, and and personally to go to be relegated on that day? Yeah, of course, because we saw we, we've done the hardest like the full season. We've been fighting really hard. We had some great results, great surprises. And to, to lose at home, which uh, we were quite good at home, it was um, a heartbreaking point of. It was really hard. Then what happened after time? First half, I, I twisted my ankle and I told the coach. And um, after twenty five minutes, and I needed to come out. I can't really run. And he asked me to stay, and I stayed. But after time, I said I can't. And you know, when you watch the game and the way the way the, the way the game went, it was it was difficult to to watch it from the side. And of course, you left soon after Neil Warnock um, left the club. Were you, were you, were you sorry to see the, the boss go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, when he left. I was actually got it. I was devastated. Um, but because the man is, he stayed in touch with me, called me, um, uh, invited me to his house for lunch, dinner, texted me all the time. So I was in t- I was still with him, asking me how I was training, and and then next time you've got a team, he wanted me to sign with him. So we never like uh, just stop talking. Yeah, and when you left the club, of course, um, you moved to Hearts in two thousand and seven. Um, how did all that that move come about? Uh, did you know Did you know much about Hearts at the time? No, I didn't know much, no at all. I, um, I asked some players if they, from Sheffield if they knew, and that most of them were like Celtic fan or Rangers fan. But they told me that Hearts was a, a big team with a good stadium with a big fans. And I say, well, let's try. And once again, you know, but they told me that I will be struggling with the, with the accent. <laughs> my, my, my worry. So I remember I took the car and on the way here, we stopped um, with my best friend. We stopped somewhere to eat and like someone came to uh, 
to take an order and I couldn't understand the word of what she was saying. <laughs> oh my God, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a hard, hard season. And then uh, I went to hard. They, they welcomed me very well. They brought me to my hotel and the next day I was on the pitch. Yeah, and I mean, Hearts at that time was uh, it was a bit of a crazy time for, for the club. Vladimir Robinov, of course, was the owner. Did you have any any dealings with him at all? No, I didn't really talk to the to the man. Uh, he came a few times and gave some speeches about what he's done and give us uh, like Russian dolls. But um, I don't have now. Didn't really talk to the to the man. Yeah, and you you mentioned that it was a uh, you noticed a big difference between English football and Scottish football. Was it was it more physical for you? Did that that keep more of a while to to adjust to that? Yeah, yeah, it took me a long time actually. But it's not only that. You know, when I, I moved here, I changed my position from uh, the one who were playing around the striker, like the free player. I was the main striker and the main target man. So, you know, when you play for, for Sheffield, they don't expect you to do too much because they know you're a young player. You come yeah. from a, the, the main striker is already there. So when you come you have, when you come in, you have to bring what you can. And I was explosive at the time, so I, will, I always brought something. But when you come a heart, you see, I'm still 22, 23, and I was coming from Premier League club, so they were expecting me to, to t- basically take the team on, on my shoulders, on my back, and, and, and do what everything but I was still a young boys who are struggling in English um, and um, and I think I put too much pressure on my back and, and I, I didn't perform the way I should have yeah uh, did you did you enjoy playing against the likes of Rangers and Celtic going to Ibrox and Parkhead yeah yeah that's that's I like that thing of every Hearts player is when you play against Hearts um, when you play against Celtic or Rangers the best obviously is when you play against Ibernian but yeah, so, so, those teams, you know, you you you're happy to play. You you always want to perform because obviously you want to uh, compare yourself to those players. You know, you can say what you want. Rangers and and, and Celtic are the biggest club in uh, in Scotland, so you will always try to compare yourself to them. Why them? Why they are playing there and not me? So you always try to 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 be the best. It's, it's the same, you know, when player you is with all my respect with. Hamilton or Saint Mirren, when they play against Hearts, they always want to try to be the better than Hearts, you know, better than the Hearts player to say yeah. what is there and, and not me. And that's the same when you play for Hearts. Yeah, absolutely. And the Edinburgh Derby, did you enjoy the 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 rivalry against Hibs? Yeah, I still do. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. You know, the you can see like one week before or two weeks before, you can see the energy in the team and in, in, in the city. Um, the fans talking to you, texting you, do whatever because it's, it's, it really, really mean a lot to them. So obviously, it means a lot to them. It means a lot to you, and you try to to do your best as soon as you get on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. And um, your time at Hearts came to an end in, in twenty ten, and you opted to to go to the likes of Cyprus and Thailand, which is a bit um, a bit different. How did how did that how did that materialize, and and how did you find that? First. Um, it's a, once again the long story Hearts offered me a contract which I signed and then something happened on the dressing room with um, Jan Black at the time yeah yes yeah, so a bit of a bust up with, with Ian Black I was reading is that right yeah <laughs> happened in the dressing room after a set game and um, and then 
I signed the contract and when this happened, they said, okay, look what you've done. We want to put your contract down. I said, I already put my contract down. I'm not going to put it again. He said, well, you don't have any choice. I said, yes, I do. I already signed the contract and I've got a copy. My agent's got a copy. And they said, no, your agent don't have a copy. And I said, yes, he does. And I phoned him. He said, Christian, you, you don't have a copy. Uh, we don't have a copy. And I said, look, I told them, I'm not going to sign if you want to change again my salary. Put it like half of what I was earning already. And I say, I'm not going to put it down. They say, well, you're not going to stay here then. And then um, I went to, uh, I was home. I was just working out, like trying to stay fit. And the club is happy say, we want you. Uh, we are in uh, Austria uh, on preseason and we want you there. They sent me the ticket and the next day I was there. Wow. And I mean, I guess we got you to leave Hearts in, in, that, in that fashion. I guess it was a disappointing end to, to leave the club in that manner. Yeah, of course. You know, no player wants to leave a club like this, especially after three years at the club. I was, um, I start, I was actually living in Edinburgh. I was happy. I started to be happy because the first uh, couple season it was difficult because I wanted to leave because obviously Daniel Warnock was a coach, uh, Crystal Palace, and he was making offer after offer for me to join him, and I didn't. I never understood why the the, the owner didn't want to let me go. So that was quite difficult for me for, yeah, maybe one or two seasons. And when I started to say, okay, I'm here, I'm fine, and I'm going to try to put my a name for myself here, that's when this happened. So Yeah, it is what it is. And so you're away in Cyprus and Thailand, but then you come back to Scotland to sign for uh, to sign for Dundee. Were you, were you pleased to come back again? <laughs> Honestly, I could, write, I could write a book. I came back because the coach at the time was Willie. I forgot his surname. Sorry, he was um, the coach at East Five and asked me to come back. And I came back, but the, I think one week before I, I broke my contract in Thailand, um, uh, the t- um, just hurt my knee, so I needed the surgery. Yeah, so I was out for eight months, and obviously wow. the club was paying me without me playing. And at some point, they just say, "Look, we can't keep having you. You have a good, you have a big salary, and we, we can't keep you if you're not playing." And I said, "Look, you know what? I'm gonna go home. I'm t- I'm tired of this. I've not been playing for eight months. Um, I want to go home. So I want to stop football." And I went home, and uh, I get a phone call from someone called Alex Hamilton, and said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm home. I'm just tired." He said, "No, no, no. Come back here. You're gonna you're gonna go for you're gonna put you on trial for Dundee." And I said, "I can't go on trial anywhere." Uh, I haven't played for eight months. My knee's still painful. I've done even train. I can't do that. And he said, no, no, come on, come on, don't worry. Come. And I said, and I checked where Dundee was in the league. They were top of the league. And yeah. I said, they don't need me. And no chance I'll be, they would sign me when I know I, I won't be able to perform. And then I went there and I've done very well. But after every training session, my knee was swollen, full of leak, like a water. And I was like, Oof. I was taking tablet after tablet every time I was home because I didn't want to tell them then I was sore. And um, and after one week, the coach said, you want to sign me? And we had like a fitness test and I was way behind everyone and said, no, no, no. He started to have a second thought and uh, he said, okay, let's organize a friendly game and we organized a friendly game and I think I scored two goals in 10 minutes and then <laughs> after that, he said, and you. And then, yeah, I was the beginning of my, and my second career, I would say. Yeah, definitely. You played under um, John Brown and, and Paul Hartley at Dundee. What what were they like to, to as coaches to play under? Well, I didn't really play under John Brown. Um, 
because I think he been he left after three or four games. Ah yeah. Uh, he was a tough guy. He's a tough guy. I remember like seeing football boots uh, flying into across the dressing room. And... <laughs> <laughs> but he was actually a fair guy. He was very fair. He's, he's a passionate uh, coach. And uh, John uh, Paul Hartley is more relaxed, calm. Um, you know what he wants. If you're on the good side of him, you can do whatever you want. But if you're on the bad side, you will never see a football pitch. And I think um, at the beginning, the beginning, I wasn't on, on his good side. And then he came to me and went towards the end. He said, Christian, I need you to, to, to win me the league. And he put me the last three games that I think I scored. And, and then we won the league. Yeah, and of course you scored in the last game and the Dundee supporters really hold you in high regard. Did they really love you there, Christian? Did you feel that, that, that warmth and that love when you when you played for them? Oh yeah, to be honest, I never felt something like this before. Um, I love being there, I love the fans, I love the pitch. I never I didn't want to leave. I never saw then I wouldn't I wouldn't be offered a new contract. So I was very, very disappointed about this. But obviously like he like he told me on just room, Christian. New coach, new player. I want to bring my player. You're not part of my plan. See you. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I remember I was walking back. Um, I left his, his office and I, was, I told the, the player, and said, no chance, no chance. I was like, yes. He said, and they were like, no chance. Oh, he's going to sack us all. We're going to sack us all. If he sacked you, everybody's going to be sacked. And I said, no, he just, just don't want me. So, yeah, I was quite gutted because we never even like, start to look after other clubs because we saw that I, I held my contract. And, um, well, it wasn't the case. Yeah. Uh, you joined Rafe Rovers, of course, after that, and you had that famous win at Ibrox against Rangers. That must be uh, that must have been a highlight from your time uh, at Rafe Rovers. Yeah, yeah, of course, because I think Rafe Rovers uh, never beat uh, uh, Rangers at their own ground. So it was, it was an amazing victory. It was... Unfortunately, we didn't follow this victory, but it was a very, very good feeling for the team, for the fans and, and for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And 2014 as well, you, you mentioned in 2018 that the, um, you, had a, you had a low mentally and you had a suicide attempt as well, Christian. Is that something that you struggled with um, for some time and then it all just reached breaking point? Yeah, you know, after, after looking back, you know, there's so many things like leaving my family early, um always been on my own and all the things moving to places to places and never been able to 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 actually speak up about the way I was feeling because of many things but also because I'm quite big and people wouldn't think that something wrong and and you know and also the way um everything happened in in my career it's always something happened that then I couldn't control and sometimes you know as a man you want to be able to control stuff and but you know, in every club I've been, basically, I wasn't the one in charge. And when I say in charge, I mean controlling my faith. For example, um, I was playing for Dundee. I saw it, then I held my new contract, and then I've been released. And I'm like, what have I done? Am I that bad? And, you know, you start to you start to think about many things, and you say, I wish I was home, and I want to talk to my parents to the way I feel, but you can't because you don't want to worry them. You don't want to also... Um, probably your, your coach or your teammate because you still want to play and you know then that's the only thing that you still can see or can hang. You can you hang out of, of football, but you know then you're scared and if you say something to the coach, you're going to be on the bench and it's going to be a, a down spiral. So 
all those mixed feelings started to be in my head and I said, no, I, I can't take it anymore. I, can't, I don't want this anymore. And yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a breaking point, I guess, I guess Christian. But uh, from now on, from that point, uh, uh, how's your your mental state now? Are you receiving like uh, help from 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 friends and family and things like that? Yeah, I have the help that I needed. I'm still struggling to talk uh, to my family about that um, because I'm still don't want to worry them. But I've got the people that I need now in my life, and I can talk to and. And when I really, really need someone, I've got someone which before I saw it and I didn't or most of the people were around me was fake, were fake. Yeah. So you've got fake people around, they're always there when everything's fine, but when it's not fine, they're just run away or they just don't care. So um, I had a really bad entourage at the time. And uh, yeah, when I found myself even like, I w- sometimes I could be crowded of people, but I was alone. Yeah. Make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite there were many people on me, I would go home. I had my friend from France. I had friend from here uh, in my house. But as soon as I would get home, I would go in the bedroom because just I just don't want to see them or talk to them or they didn't have anything who could bring me in my life, like anything to say to to make me feel positive. All they were thinking about was games and games and games or other things. And in my head, I wasn't like. I was screaming. It's not like I told my friend a long time ago. And at the time, all I wanted was to scream, like even to remove the skin from my body. I want, wow. but I don't know how to explain that with words. But I just wanted to be in the middle of a field with no one and just scream and remove the skin and just. It's like my skin was the pain, and I just wanted to remove it. Well, and I guess I mean mental health is now it's, it's a huge thing, and a lot more men are, are talking about it. Do you think that's it's really important that, um, especially in football and things that that, that people open up and 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 talk about the, the about their issues mentally? Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's you know it's uh, it's a big thing just now. Everybody try to talk about it, and I'm I'm telling you there's more than you think. Football football player is a very very uh, lonely world. You can be like I say, crowded of people, but you you are very, you are alone. And um, I'm happy Then there's many, many players who are starting to search for, seek for help. Um, and we didn't have those options, I would say, when I was younger. Yeah. And now there's a lot of things open for, for players to be able to talk and to help and, and many, many in general to be able to, uh, to go to someone and all they need to know. And even if they don't go to someone who's a specialist or is a job, but you've got some always someone who's there who's got a hair to listen and and it's good to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after Wraith Rovers, uh, then Christian, you had some spells at the likes of Hamilton, uh, Dumbarton, and uh, Stranraer, and, and, and Trun as well. Uh, and now you're at Annan. Have you any memories from from playing for those clubs? Oh yeah, I actually, you know what? I enjoy every club that I played for. Um, <laughs> memories everywhere. I could, like I say, I could write a book to every places that I've been and all the people that I've met and the, all the stories, the dressing room stories, and I could tell. Um, but I love uh, I love my time in Dumbarton. Unfortunately, once again, you end up uh, really bad because of some uh, let's say fake stories. Um, but um, yeah, my, I love my time also in uh, in Trun because when I was down and no one were there for me, Trun was the only club who, uh, who gave me the hand and tried to to help me. And yeah. for that, I forget them. Um, Hamilton been amazing. The coach at the time. 
um, was nice to me. Um, the, they told me before, when I signed, they told me, Christian, we had a really bad opinion of you before you arrived because people used to say that you're like this, you don't talk to people, you're quite rude and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as we we started to work with you, we saw that everything was, wasn't true. And I see people, and I say, well, you know, that's maybe that's a, that's why when I, I walk on the street, or maybe that's what people think about me. But no, I'm I like to have fun. I like to to laugh to make people laugh, and I'm I'm quite a big joker. Yeah, and uh, of course you're still playing now for for Annan Athletic. I, I guess you still love playing football, and you want to carry on for I guess as long as possible. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I still love playing football. Yeah, 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 I do. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, I love, I love playing football. You know, uh, that's all I know. That's all I know, and and I'm scared to stop. To be honest, I'm scared to stop playing. So, I'm hanging. Um, obviously, you know, it's difficult. You know, you're getting older, you can and you can get slower. And but I'm trying to to uh, to play with my experience now. And uh, but I love playing for Anand. I think that's the right club for me just now. And, the coach is amazing. The fans is amazing. Um, the owner, the best. Um, the coach give me time when I need to rest, and so now I think I'm at the right place just now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to touch on as well, Christian. Of course, you, you, you represented the, your national team, France, at under twenty one level. I was reading earlier that some of the players that were in that side at the time were, I mean, absolutely fantastic players. I like uh, Patrice Evra, um, Anthony Letalic was there, Gio uh, Kivi was there as well. What was that like to be amongst these boys? You know what? When I was among those guys, I wasn't even professional. Wow. <laughs> All of them were professional and they didn't know that now the, we call this uh, amateur, what you say, it's a amateur contract. So when I went there, they were all laughing at me, and but they were all, <laughs> they were all surprised. But uh, Patrice Evra was the, the joker of the team. He was laughing about Yeah, them. yeah, he still is. Yeah, trying to make everybody comfortable. And he came to me, took me under his wing and tried to help me and <laughs> advise me on my contr- on my next contract. <laughs> 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 Written for 24 hours and um, no but it was it was amazing you know I've been I played once but I've been called up a few times I wasn't be part of the 18 so but you know the, the atmosphere with the player was was amazing you know when like I said I was I was 18 I think at the time and I was playing for the 20 um, the French national team under 21 so I used to watch this guy on TV you know what I'm saying so you know when you watch Patrice Evra playing on TV, and I think he was playing for Monaco at the time, or maybe he was already in, in Juventus or Manchester. I don't know, but you know you, you watch those guys on TV, and then the next day you're with them in the dressing room, laughing with them like you you always knew each other, and then you go home, and then they keep texting you and calling you, "Hi, how are you?" You feel like you're on the cloud, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you said that you, you want to keep on playing, Christian, but in terms of looking uh, past football when, when that time comes, are you considering maybe uh, going into coaching at all or, or would you look to go into something completely different? Yeah, just now I'm trying to, to pass my PVG to be able to train kids uh, because I want to, to give what I've learned as a, when I was kids. So I want to, to give them this. Then I would like, yes, to, um, to be able to... Um, to train a professional team in the next few years, yes. 
Excellent stuff. Uh, finally, I was going to ask Christian: Is there any uh, player that you played against, an opponent that you always you like to come up against that that maybe had a a little bit of la- a little bit of a, a laugh with you and you enjoyed a, a tussle with at all? You know what? I played against so many players in my career, and uh, one of the only players that I'm still friend with um, is uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Tico. Yeah, he used to play for Ibernian. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, him and me are, are like brother. So when we're on the pitch, we are like insulting each other, kicking each other. And as soon as the pitch is, the game will be finished. You come to my house at one o'clock in the morning, and we hang out together and do whatever. And we and every time he he's here, we try to meet. Or when I go to Paris and he's there, we try to meet. We're always on the phone to each other, texting each other. I think that's the, that's one of the guy who be, who was an opponent. Who's a football player and became family? Yeah, fantastic stuff. And have you get? Do you still want to 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 live in Scotland, or, or do you think you'll you'll move back to France? Well, um, I've got a son who's uh, born in Scotland, and so I think I'm wherever he be, I be. Yeah, put up maybe a possible Scottish international, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish or Ivorian or yeah. French. Never. <laughs> You never know. Well, Christian, that'll do us there. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, that was episode 36 of the Talking Football Podcast with Christian Naddy. I hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Thanks very much again for listening. Remember, if you've missed any so far, you can catch them all on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and by visiting DerekClarkSport.co.uk. Remember, we're also on Twitter at Talking underscore Football, as well as Facebook. I hope you can join me again next Wednesday for another top interview. But until then, bye for now. 